Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Celsius, I'm John Ledger from PewterReport.com. With me is Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com as well. And we are back after a week in Indianapolis at the Combine, where we found out a ton about what is going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they forge ahead into an offseason. I think we all remember as Buck fans and media. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Scott. And it culminated in some news even today about box free agents uh, that have has been kind of accentuated over the last couple days. Your yeah. battle plan for the offseason is out. There is news within the division that we've got to get to and address today. It's a uh, it's a loaded Monday after the combine, as that Monday always it is. Yeah, it really is. And uh, let's start by not talking about the Buccaneers, but by talking about one of their division rivals, the Atlanta Falcons. News just breaking that Calvin Ridley former Falcons number one wide receiver and really their top wide receiver since Julio Jones left. Mm-hmm. Well, he got suspended today for the entire 2022 season for gambling on football. So uh, all of a sudden you can kind of see where the Falcons are going to go in the draft and round one, they're going to get a wide receiver for Matt Ryan because <laughs> they don't have anybody outside of uh that's I mean, they don't have any in last year. Right. And Russell Gage is a free agent, and maybe this means he's probably back. But remember, the Falcons aren't in, like, the greatest cap situation ever either. So Correct. there's uh, some kings to work out there. They were probably going to trade Calvin Ridley, by the way, yeah. if not for this news. Uh, that's kind of how things had been trending. There were several interested parties. So he probably wasn't going to be on Atlanta anyway, but now they can't even move him and get anything for him. And yeah. Calvin Ridley is going to be – 29 years old, I think, the next time he can play in the NFL, unless Ouch. there's an appeal process here or something. By the way, Calvin Ridley, never one to stop tweeting, tweeted, I bet 1,500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. <laughs> he bet $1,500 wow. total. No one is even saying he has a gambling problem, by the way. No, he has <laughs> so a stupidity problem because that $1,500 – how much was he set he's, to make this year? How many millions did he cost he's, himself? He's jumping the gun a little bit to admit to us that he didn't even put enough money no. in to be worth what this suspension means for him. Yeah. Not the best move in the world for Calvin Ridley, man. Uh, there are some – he was not with the team when this was happening. Right. So there will probably be some discussions that stem off of this. Like, hmm, if a player is – on a certain list, like then they can't contribute to the result of the game. And so like, does, should the rule change for that? And those are discussions for another time. Bottom line right now, the rule is what it is, Scott and $1,500 buddy. (laughs) What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Again, when you're suspended, you don't get paid, right? I mean, you don't get a check. So Calvin really was set to make millions this season playing for the Falcons or whoever else was going to acquire him. And he's going to get paid nothing for a fifteen hundred dollar gambling right excursion extravaganza. It's, Did he it's win? Really bad. Did he at least win his bet or did he lose? I, yeah. Oh Even if gosh. he did, <laughs> yeah. at least keep going, man. Once you've done it, just yeah. keep going. Like, I know. Uh, well, I hope he used my bookie at least. I know, right? Like, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was an incredible. So the Falcons basically in this situation now where um, Cal Pitts is back. We'll see what happens with Russell yeah. Gage, but they're obviously, like you said, big. I gave him Traylon Burks in my last mock draft. I do not think Traylon Burks will be a top 10 pick uh, after the week in Indy that, uh, just hearing and, and seeing things, but not that he isn't good. I just don't think he'll be a top 10 pick, but they're going to be right. one of the teams that absolutely wants to trade down. Yeah. Not sure that they're going to be able to, but uh, right. definitely. Um, yeah, one of the teams that will probably try to trade down and, and get a wide out. Yeah. Well, and speaking of wide outs, and we have some other news to get to before we get into my battle plan, but I do have the Buccaneers pilfering Cordell Patterson from the Falcons <laughs> to take away yet another weapon from division rival Atlanta. So Cordero Patterson to the Buccaneers as their running back slash wide receiver slash kick returner. And now the Falcons are absolutely screwed thanks to me. 
Wow. You're welcome, yeah. Bucks fans. <laughs> I was going to say, that would just be, they, I feel like they've got it. But I mean, if you're Patterson, why would you want to go to Atlanta? Like, you're coming, you're coming in hot to free agency. You have not come in hot oh, yeah. to free agency right. any times if you're Patterson. And even though he's yeah. older, Which, you got to take advantage of this. And you want to go there now? <laughs> right. There's nobody right. there. Right. There's They're trying to get Matt Ryan out of town. Matt down. Ryan. Yeah, Arthur right. Smith yeah. at the podium in the combine. I was like, come get this guy. Come get yeah. Matt Ryan. Come give me an offer. I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's happening. Uh, we've uh, we, I do want to get to your battle plan at yeah. length. But first, can we talk about, because oh, I know yeah. we're coming right off the combine. We got to talk about combine news and free agency news that's really notable. All yep. through the week, it was kind of like, what's going to happen with the, with the um, franchise tag? Now we've got a situation where it looks like, shockingly to me scott chris uh, godwin is going to get the franchise tag from the bucks which is bad on several levels that we'll get to is. in a second and carlton davis is not going to get the tag there was we have yeah. not heard anything that it, in fact you've heard that it, as of this morning at least there were not there were a, a deal with neither of these players was close yet in terms of long-term right. deal we've known that godwin was going to come back Regardless, we just did not think it was going yeah. to be take the franchise tag to make that happen. That is disappointing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, th- there were some people that were misinterpreting the tweet that I put out when I said he's not going anywhere, and he's not. Right. So much so that if they have to use the damn franchise tag on him, they're going to. Chris Godwin right. is not going anywhere, and the reason why I put if that anything, out you should have emphasized it more. He's really not going anywhere. Yes. Like, like I was they will serious. hold this he's man not, hostage with the tag. He, no kidding. For a second yes. straight year, like. They're desperate not to lose Chris Godwin, Scott. He is a wide receiver slash prisoner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> so he's not going anywhere. Now, you're right, John. It is detrimental because ideally, in an ideal world, you want to use um, or at least have the right. option of using it on, on Carlton Davis. And and I think, and, and this is something that, that I want you to speak on a little bit. You, you uh, aptly noticed you were there in India. I think Scott just lost his power. Uh oh. Power drop off of Scott. But I know what he was going to say. I think I know what he was going to say because I can read ahead into the future. He was going to say that in Indianapolis, Jason Light and Bruce Arians both made it a point to say that Carlton Davis is a great player when he's healthy. That's an important distinction that they both continually noted. When he's healthy, yes, when he's healthy. This is somewhat ironic because Chris Godwin has actually suffered a way more serious injury than anything Chris Godwin has or than anything Carlton Davis has suffered during his time in the NFL. So, and Chris Godwin has missed some games too. I, I'm not overly concerned about the health of either player here. I'm just speaking to the narrative that the Bucs seem to have conjured up for Carlton Davis. Doesn't mean they don't want to pay him. I think they do want to pay him. I think they would love to use the tag on him. I don't know that it really extends beyond that for him. Um, so, yeah, is. So Scott's just frozen, right? I don't think I'm frozen right now. But yeah, I think that's the situation that we have right now is that looking at Carlton Davis, the Bucs want to tag him. They don't want to necessarily sign him to a long-term deal at this point in time. However, the situation also seems to be that they don't want to risk losing Chris Godwin, period, no matter what. I love the idea that they want to bring back Godwin. Desperation is a, just an ugly odor, though. And that's what the Bucs just went into this and did not even try to you know, hold their cards close to the chest at all. They basically said, we can't even imagine a future without Chris Godwin. That's what Jason yeah. Light said. And right. there's just something desperate about that. Like, you don't need to say all that. Like, you know, now you're in this situation where you're literally saying, we, we're, we're going to tag you to bring you back. Like, does Chris Godwin want to be here? I believe that he does. And if he does, then, okay, why hasn't this deal been worked out? They've had forever to work it out. He is not going to break the bank. This isn't Devontae Adams where he right. can be the highest paid wideout in the league. He's going to make somewhere between $16, $17 you know, million. That's yep. where his contract's going to fall. This, It just doesn't seem like it's that tricky to work this thing out, Scott, especially now that he's injured and he should be wanting the money and the buck should. The tag makes no sense this year for either party. Last year, you could it justify really it for both. This yeah. year, it just does not make sense for either party. It's disappointing, and, and I'll go so far as to say this, right, because they franchised him last year. They have literally had an entire year to work on this deal, Plus. right? And Chris Godwin stopped playing in week 13. His season was over, so there's nothing else to evaluate other than how's your knee, Chris, coming off the ACL surgery, right? There's no other statistics he put up. Uh, his season was over. Like, all of the data is gathered at that point in time. And I'm just going to say this, and this is not really directed at Chris Godwin per se, who's a great guy. I've got plenty of respect and admiration for Chris. But I'll say this about his representatives. 
if Carlton Davis, if the Buccaneers lose Carlton Davis because they couldn't use the franchise tag on him, Chris Godwin and his camp bear some responsibility for this. They really do. Because from what I've understood, it's not so much the Buccaneers that are holding this up. It's Godwin's agents and his camp. And so I think that's unfortunate. If Carlton Davis hits free agency and all it takes is one team to overinflate your value and the Buccaneers historically have had kind of a red line in the sand, they put a, a, a value on a player and they really don't deviate from that. So uh, I hope that, that this does not mean Carlton Davis gets pilfered by another team. Um, I think he's probably this maybe the second best corner on the market behind JC Jackson. Maybe maybe Stefan Gilmore if you if you still think he can play. But to me, John, this tag would have been could have been used and should have been used on Carlton Davis because I think the Buccaneers would have liked a one year prove it deal to see how healthy Carlton Davis could stay and how many plays he could make. Is he a one-interception guy, or is he a four-interception guy? Because those those two guys get paid differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, no question in my mind that they want to see him a little bit more before they give him what he probably will get on the open market, which is exactly what the franchise tag is there for. It's, right. it's these situations. It's not a double tag a player that you've known for some time you want to bring back and sign to a long-term deal. And really, like you said, a year, honestly, it's been more than a year when you consider that he right. was in free agency last year. Like they have had yeah. so much time and, and just not that much has changed. He just played yeah. on a tag that was 15.9 million. He had right. a good year. He got hurt at the end of that year. Like it just like, there's just not a lot of difference. I mean, these agents are, tripping if they think he's going to get like 20 mil type of range if he hits the market it's just not going to happen and the bucks aren't even going to let him hit the market so what are you going to do play another year on a tag no you're not you're going to end up yeah. signing a long-term deal with the bucks because that's the situation that you're in with the tag so why not just reach that so that so that they can also get carlton davis back and that again makes the team that chris godwin is going on have right. a chance to be better because that's what i'm saying point, honestly if they i'm don't jason have any White, options if I'm Jason Light or Bruce Arians, I'm picking up the phone and getting on the phone with Chris Godwin saying, listen, you got to tell your people that this is a move that's detrimental to the Buccaneers, okay? That we we want to pay you. Like, we love you. If you don't know that by now, did you listen to our press conferences in Indy? I mean, that was like last week, right? We love you. Yeah. We want you back. We're willing to use the franchise tag on you. But we're also willing to pay you market value for a multi-year deal, but we also want to keep Carlton Davis, which helps you and helps us. So help us make that happen. Let's strike the deal now before we have to use the tag on you to keep you in Tampa Bay. It's a bizarre situation for a couple of reasons, Scott. One of which is, I don't know what happens if Carlton Davis hits the market. Like I I expect him to have a ton of interest. Mm -hmm. I think he will generate some big offers in the J.C. Jackson range, right around what the tag would have right. been. But now you've got to commit long-term to him at that rate. That's right. <laughs> you can you can manage his cap hit for this year for sure, which helps um, a little bit more than the tag. But you have to be competitive at the level of those offers. Uh, it gets that if he starts getting J.C. Jackson money, if he starts yeah. getting a – you know, if J.C. Jackson and him are both getting 18 and 19, now all of a sudden you're over what the tag would have been. There just are not a lot of corners like that that hit the market. Guys like Carlton Davis right. and J.C. Jackson don't typically hit the market. The only reason Jackson is is because it's New England. Any other team, you wouldn't right. pre-sign him. New England thinks every player is just replaceable. So right. those guys are going to hit the market. Gilmore hits the market, but he's older at this point. He's 31. Right. He's coming off two years where he hasn't been as good. Injuries have been a thing for him as well. So there's a lot of red flags there. It's going to be a shorter-term deal. There isn't much more. If you look down the corner, I mean, Darius Williams is 5'9". The Bucs aren't going to pick up pick up a corner right. that size. The, the as good team. as he's been, they're not going to go. So even do if they lose, if they lose Carlton Davis, I mean, the bet you have Traverius Ward and Stephon Gilmore, two of the better corners. They're both man coverage heavy guys. Right. The Bucs obviously like to do, but this is a zone heavy coverage scheme that is yeah. – will go to man, but needs their corners to be able to play in zone. Neither of those guys are as good in those scenarios. There isn't a clear option to me like, oh, if right. they l- l- miss out on Carlton Davis, here's what they do. It's going to be stopgap patchwork in the secondary, and you cannot have that in a year where you're going into questions at quarterback. That's right. And the other thing, too, is is, is all of a sudden you got to draft a starting caliber corner because you're going to play nickel most of the time. And now Sean Murphy bunting, is he going to be an outside corner? 
opposite Jamel Dean, and then you're looking for a new slot, or is he going to stay in there? Then you're going to start a rookie at, at on the outside. Uh, that is not a recipe for success. Oh, and by the way, think what you want about Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean, but Carlton Davis is better than both those guys. So you're losing yeah. your best corner in that situation. It's it's tough to replace him. A free agent fit might not come in and be, you know, you're talking about those man coverage guys, and, and this is a zone-heavy scheme. It might not be an ideal fit. It might be a situation mm-hmm. where where whoever they bring in, whether it's a rookie, whether it's a, a veteran, is is just not good. And then you're stuck yeah. for an entire year right. with, with that. And then and then maybe it's, okay, well, can we put Ross Cockrell in, you know, at slot and move Sean Murphy Bunting outside? It's just, it's not good. Right. And you, the thing is, you know that the Bucks know that Carlton Davis is critical to what they do. They talked about it all yeah. last year when he, they've talked about the last two years, top 10 corner in the league, can match up with number one corners or number mm-hmm. one wide receivers. You know, when he was out last year, they were like, well, we don't have all our guys. So we've had to limit and change some things. And then when he right. came back, wow, we have so much more flexibility. Like they just said it openly. And there's no doubt the tape shows it. There's no question that it's true. It's, I don't know how they can look at it the way they've looked at it for two reasons. One, Yes, like we talked about, you had to get the deal done with Chris Godwin. It's agreed yep. just that you didn't on the, on the Bucks part or his agent's part, whatever it is, you have to find a way to get that thing done. Or no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. You're not gonna let him hurt the rest of the team. And you got to know when to cut ties, too. I'm not saying to do that. I'm right. saying it just seems unrealistic to me that this this ridiculous they haven't been able to get this thing done, in my it opinion, is. on both sides. And number two, I'm still not sure that you should use the franchise tag on Godwin. Like I know. Let me ask you this, Scott. If Chris Godwin and Carlton Davis both hit free agency, and I know some because I've had so many conversations with people yep. that are very in the know about these things, but I'm just and I know you have too. Yep. Which one of those guys do you think is commanding more of a competitive market, given the fact that both are going to be you know, corner, the tag is actually a little bit higher. Davis. Corner is m- more rare. Yeah. What do you think happens? Both well, those I, guys at the market. I think Davis is going to be more in demand because, because great corners are hard to find. Um, yes. It's, it's J.C. Jackson, and then it's Carlton Davis, right? Yes. And Carlton Davis travel. is healthy. Chris Godwin's coming off of a torn ACL. This this draft is flush with wide receivers. For like the, the fifth year in a row. Not not right. so much, right? Right. So I, I think that out of the two, as as much of uh, of an importance as Chris Godwin is on this team, I honestly think it would probably be easier to replace Chris Godwin over the next two years with somebody than it would replacing Carlton Davis. Cornerbacks are yeah. so vital right. to uh, yeah any team in the NFL because it's such a passing league. Both positions and my both players, in my opinion, would be extremely difficult to replace for the Bucks. Yeah. So, so I hear what you're saying. You, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, you both are probably just very difficult to replace. Correct. But yeah. I'll say this: if you let both hit the mark, you're going to have way more competition for Carlton Davis at a higher price, right. price, in my opinion, yes. than you would have for Chris Godwin in his current state right. with wide receivers. I just have talked to so many people and heard so much about the wide receiver market. Other teams tend to not – it only takes one, obviously, but generally speaking, teams follow each other in these trends. They don't want to be the one that way overpaid for somebody. They're all listening to each other too. And I don't think most teams see Chris Godwin as a true number one receiver. That means that he's out of like the 18 to 24 – million dollar range that some of these right. guys are probably looking for Devonte adams will probably get and, and be the highest paid receiver in the league teams don't see him as that type of receiver in the nfl now he's coming off a serious injury also there his health coming out of the draft was not like a 100 guaranteed two thumbs up from every nfl team so there right. are kind of some lingering concerns there, like oh this might not be a guy that plays you know deep into his 30s or anything like right. that um, like somebody like Evans may given his, his, his track record in terms of injury. So those questions already exist. And now he's had some, some, he's been banged up a little bit. So it, if to me, it just feels like a situation. I just don't think they were, I don't think you'd get offers that much higher than 17 right. for Chris Godwin. If you even got 17 based on everything I've heard and everybody I've talked to, and I've talked to more people about the Godwin situation than the Carlton Davis one, because and most didn't the, the franchise in the market. Tag, the franchise tag for Godwin will be over $19 million. Right. Right. I mean, Right. For, for David, for, for, it's 17. So I'm just yes. saying from a pure cap standpoint, right. it's $2 million cheaper to franchise Carlton Davis, even though yeah. you're overpaying for him with the right. tag. Um, it's just you're more likely to get Godwin back than Davis on the market, in my opinion. Correct. I totally maybe we're tripping, but that's I'm not even just making up. I just think it's yeah. what I've heard from most people that are in the vibe uh, or in the in the know on this. So I think that's uh, part of the um, problem here. Chris with the five dollar hey. super chat. 
My Celsius I'm, Peach 5 just arrived from Amazon. I came back from Indie Scott. Dude, you got a, a whole, house whole full punch, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Celsius. I did. And this, this, is, this is a new top five flavor for me. This is brand new. The orange pomegranate. Now, this is stevia flavored. So, again, no sugar, right? And it's got no preservatives. It's got all of the energy that you need wow. um, in it with no crash. And, and it's packed with flavor. So, um, I'm telling you, does it taste like orange and pomegranate? It does, but I'm telling you, like it, it almost, it almost tastes like like a like a, a a Danish in the morning, like it's it's sweet. Like this is one of the sweeter flavors, but yeah. it's not like like strawberry sweet or or whatever. Mm -hmm. This this is an absolute home run. This orange pomegranate sparkling, right. uh, it's, it, it's fantastic. And there's so many like that. That's the thing. I can't wait to try some of the new flavors that I got. And I'll pop them in the fridge and try those. But I'm still in awe and love with the sparkling mango passion fruit. Yep. Essential energy accelerates your metabolism, burns body fat with no sugar, yet tastes unbelievable and comes in an incredible variety of flavors. It's pretty remarkable what Celsius has been able to do. And the fact they keep churning out flavors that people keep loving. We've had a ton of box fans recently buying the cola flavor, using yeah. banner ads at PeterReport.com, going to Amazon, doing the subscribe and save option, or just using the store locator on Celsius to find out where they sell this stuff near you. And the cola has been a big hit lately. So pumped about people who are switching that. Somebody messaged me, Scott, and said they've lost, I can't remember how many pounds. Of 20 pounds. They, 20 pounds was it oh, switching yep. to the cola from other sodas so just really really cool stuff uh it's awesome to see celsius being able to do that for people so i'd encourage you to check those out and, and find out where they're selling uh celsius near you because it really is it's awesome stuff and I'm, I'm i was pumped when i saw the new flavors that i haven't tried yet and you got to get the best protein bars out there as well fast protein bars celsius's other brand i mean they've got to, an opportunity to save 20% on Amazon right now. Right. 20 hold fast is the promo code. 20 hold fast. The white chocolate cookies and cream and the caramel peanut crunch. You go link to Amazon in the YouTube description. I've got in there for you and do this promo code 20 hold fast to get 20% off the best protein bars I've ever had tasting. Totally agree. So make sure you check those out. So that's the Godwin and Davis situation, Scott. I mean, we could go on and probably do a whole show about that uh, because it is really a frustrating, troubling situation. And it does appear that we are entering closer and closer to Chris Godwin getting the franchise tag. Yeah. And now, not I will Carlton say Davis. this. You, you've already seen some franchise tags been thrown out there today. I think the Buccaneers are going to wait all the way up till 4 o'clock tomorrow. All it takes is one conversation, mm -hmm. strike a deal, right? So it's, yeah. it's literally a couple minutes on the phone. An email, a, you know, a, a contract that's that's emailed over. I mean, it can be done quickly. I've seen it happen before right. at the 11th hour. So I think the Buccaneers will yes. be waiting until 4 o'clock tomorrow to make that designation while they're still trying to make some headway with either yeah. Godwin Camp, the Davis Camp, or both. Deadlines definitely spur on action, so we will wait and yep. see, and we will take back all these words if they do indeed get something done. Also, they could be like, a, you know, we're very close with Chris Godwin it's going to happen. He wants to come back here. We've seen, yeah. you know, at this point we feel confident and okay, let's use the tag on Davis. We'll wrap up Godwin over the next week and, and we'll be good to go. You know, that could be a scenario that plays out right. too. So we'll see what happens. It's uh, it is going to be an exciting day tomorrow uh, going down to the wire, but yeah. man, I, it is, I have no clue what the Bucks do if Carlton Davis hits free. agency. Obviously corner goes to the top of the needs list in the draft. Yeah. They talk about injury. Jamel Dean's been hurt like seven different oh, times yeah. last year. Sean Murphy Bunting's been hurt and not been good. Yep. I don't know that they have a clear, like they need corner badly, I believe, if they lose somebody like Carlton Davis. And there really are not many options other than like stopgap guys, you know, right in the mark on the market right now. So yeah. it's to me, he's a player you have to bring back. I don't know what they'll yeah. do. If, hey, yeah. As a matter of fact, in my in my Bucks battle plan, I'm a, at a little bit of a disadvantage because I, I went today and tomorrow. Oh today. yeah, I cry about it. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know what the Buccaneers are gonna do. True. But yeah. at the same time, I had the luxury of also saying, screw it, I'm gonna use the franchise tag on Carlton Davis. So yeah, I'm right. gonna do it. Right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get a deal done. Uh, why? Because I can. This is our fantasy football, right? Projections about what mm -hmm. we want to do with the team. So I'm going to get that deal done with Chris Godwin. So I'm, I've got the best of both worlds in my scenario here, John. I'm right. Franchise Davis. I'm going to get Godwin back, you know, around uh, 16 million per year. So, right. Uh, people are divided in the chat, I guess, kind of. And I just want to be clear. I'll repeat I'm not saying that Chris Godwin is more replaceable. 
I don't think either player are very easily replaced. There isn't an obvious path to replacing either player. If you lose, I, I went so far as to say in my article today, I believe something along the lines of if you don't bring back Carlton Davis and Chris Godwin, it's hard to consider the offseason. Uh, the it's hard to consider free agency. The offseason <laughs> includes Brady and Marpet. So that might be an L no matter what. But it's hard to consider free agency a win if you don't bring both of them back. Yeah. So both need to be back. Yep. What I'm saying is I think you'd have an easier time getting both back if I you agree. tagged Carlton Davis and let Godwin mm-hmm. hit the market because I just think he he'd end up wanting to come back and you could more easily match what he's going to get without breaking the bank. So maybe I could be totally wrong on that. We'll see what happens. I just think that's the light of which I, from what I was talking to people this week in Indy, it feels like the, like people would jump at Carlton Davis hitting the market. I agree. They, they I think agree. he's really talented, which I, I didn't know that they'd watch all the drop picks or if they just look at the box score. So it seems like yep. they've unfortunately watched all the drop picks. So that's, that's <laughs> true. nobody's capable. Of. Yeah. All right, let's jump to the free agency part of it. That includes the bucks interior offensive line. This was a big takeaway from, people you talk to Scott and the conversations we were able to have yeah. with Jason Light and Bruce Arians, the Bucks don't want to lose Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen, not exactly news flash there, but right. they are really determined not Especially. to lose both or maybe either of those two. Yeah. They really want both of them back. They do not want a ton of turnover on the offensive line. Yeah. I think they're only going to get one back just because of the price tag of, of what it's going to take for, for each of these guys. But the thing is, is, is once Ali Marpet retired, they just they they would see this offseason and even this season just being a fat L if they lost all three of their interior guys, mm-hmm. especially with two of them being pro bowlers in Marpet and also with Jensen. The thing with Jensen is, and John, you heard that you know that and I heard this as well. So this is like coming from two different places in stereo here, that Ryan Jensen wants to be the highest paid center in the mm-hmm. game again. Right now, that's Frank Ragnow for Detroit, thirteen and a half million dollars. The problem is, is it's not going to take thirteen and a half million dollars in a penny to necessarily uh, hit that mark. There's going to be other teams in the mix. Maybe the Baltimore Ravens, the place where Jensen first started. Maybe it's the Cincinnati Bengals, who definitely need offensive line. Maybe it's the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers. There's a lot of teams that could be interested yep. in Jensen, and that's going to drive the price up. Right. It might start at 13.5, but it might end up close to 15. And at some point in time, as much as the Bucks want Jensen, keep in mind they paid him an average of ten and a half million dollars mm-hmm. per year over his contract that he signed in 2018. There comes a point in time where they're out, right? Where there's a comes a point in time sure. where yes, where that they they fold and they they're out. And so I don't know what that is. If they are they willing to pay 13? Are they willing to pay 13 and a half? Are they willing to go to 14? I don't know what their what their number is. The one thing that I will say is if the Bucks offer 13 and a half, that's different from a different state up north that has a state income tax. There is no state income tax in the state of Florida. So, for mm-hmm. example, let's say, because I just looked it up, let's say California with a, a 10% state income tax, right? Let's say the the Rams or the Chargers or whoever wants him from California. I'm not sure what the other states have, but you you would be looking at, say, $13 million for Ryan Jensen here, mm-hmm. and that would be almost be the same as about $15.5 million, or I should say about $15 million elsewhere. It's, a, it's about a uh, mm-hmm. almost a $2 million difference, mm-hmm. right, in that terms yeah. of that. But the money is right. the same because you're just – you're not getting all the money. It's going to the state in terms of taxes. So that's where the Buccaneers have a little bit of of an advantage is they can get away because the salary cap is the same, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is where it makes a difference is how much does Ryan Jensen want to be the highest paid center? Mm -hmm. Because that's the case. If he wants that designation, there's some players out there that want that designation. That's a pride thing for them. It's Maybe it's an ego thing. I don't think Jensen's maybe it's an ego thing with him. We'll see. I don't think it's an ego. I think he just wants to make the most of his last contract. So I don't think it will be an ego trip. I think you're right. I think it'll be more like, I want to make the most money I can make on this deal. And if you're showing him that everything's the same, you're going to get 15 and a half there and 13 and a half here. And it's the same money after taxes or however it breaks out. That's, that's where the Buccaneers have a little bit of an advantage there. But the thing is, is, 
are they going to go all in on Jensen? And if they, if they are, they're going to lose Kappa. Or do they sit there and say, we can't go all in on Jensen. It's just going to be too much money. It's going to cost us another player. Plus, it's going to cost us Kappa. So let's, mm-hmm. let's bring back Kappa and get another player back into the fold and let Jensen go. Yeah, this is where it gets really tricky. You have to evaluate this year in a proper context, and you have to be somewhat realistic. Like you, t- 2022 is maybe guaranteed, Jensen. <laughs> you can't maybe guarantee anything. Right. But 2023 is just not. It's, his body is going to break down during his next contract. You are paying a four-year deal, whatever it is, but you're paying for the next two years especially. That's right. That's You're hoping the next two years he balls out because – the reality is the reality. He's going to be 31 years old this right. season. He's going to be 31 in May. He'll be 31 years old this season and be 32 going next season. He'll come out of next season. He'll turn 33 in that off season. So you need these next two years. Like the guy's body will break down at some point. It yeah. just will. It's not going to like, Josh, he's not he's going to go four years playing at peak level. He's been able to play through it so far, but there's going to come a point in time. Maybe it's 31, maybe it's 32 where those injuries that he's been playing through will keep him on the sidelines. Or they'll decline his ability to play well on the field, which is in some ways even worse. It's I I love Ryan Jensen so much. I'm trying to think about this as an unbiased, like in terms of just cost efficiency, I just wouldn't chase a center at 31 years old. It just, maybe I look, take a huge L and he goes and plays three, four more years at an elite level. Yeah, I don't think I think Ryan Jensen's a very good center. You can make an argument he's the best center in the league. I don't think he's a complete difference maker right. on the field. Yeah, the locker room stuff is valid, but mm-hmm. at this point, if you can't trust the Bucks locker room and the guys that have been around there, and even mm-hmm. if you're bringing Alex Kappa back, you can find character guys. You, right. you you have to trust the other leaders that you have in the locker room. He's far from the only one in this team. Mm-hmm. He's far from the only one in the offense or the offensive line. You've got to be able to trust that part of the process. Uh, you just do. You cannot chase this dude yeah. for major money, especially if it means losing a Carlton Davis or something sure. like that. Well, and the thing is, is is you can you can re-sign Alex Kappa, and maybe he gets nine. I think it's probably going to be somewhere between eight and nine. I don't think the market's going to be as robust for Kappa. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one team. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. But you can go out and get a guy that you and I both like, John, Bradley Bozeman, who is the center. Mm-hmm. And and this is a guy that is coming up. He's almost like Ryan Jensen 2.0 in terms of the fact that he's he was yep. a six-round draft pick, just like Jensen was. Started off in Baltimore, started off playing guard, played one year at center in his contract year, played very well. And the, pro- the, the situation is he's 26 years old. He'll be 27 later this year. He's four mm-hmm. years younger than Ryan Jensen. Yep. And – He's, and he's not going to be the highest paid center in the league like Jensen was back in Correct. 2017 or he's whatever. He's probably going to be a seven, eight million dollar per guy or seven, eight million dollar per season guy. He's six five, three seventeen, built very similar to Jensen, and you can see him right there, number seventy seven. He's a big hoss. He is a guy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a, a big nasty strong. guy. Yeah, very strong guy. Uh, out of Alabama, you might have remembered him playing for the Crimson Tide, Bradley Bozeman. So that's a player that that you can spend a combined little bit more money, right? If you're spending, let's say, you know, eight for Kappa, eight for, for Bozeman, you're getting two players for $16 million where Jensen might. And I don't think Bozeman's going to be eight. And I don't, I don't think Bozeman's going to be eight either. So you're genuinely looking at Bozeman and Kappa for the cost of of Jensen. Maybe. I mean, that's, that's not crazy to, to assume that it will be, Right, pretty Actually, similar. Yeah. So. I had him at seven million in, in my battle plan. Three years, yeah. twenty-one million, seven million dollars. Yeah, so I think you're somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. I think that paying for both of them is somewhere in the like fourteen to sixteen. Yep, thirteen to thirteen to fifteen, maybe even range Two for players both those guys. The one. It, it's just smart GMing. That's all that it is, and it doesn't mean like the, there's always that intangibles factor you have to calculate. There's always that that you know heart and soul factor, but you've yeah. got to be smart in these situations and. Again, and if you, you were in a window where this year you could win yes. the Super Bowl and like you, that, that's what you're paying for for Jensen yeah. if you give him the bag. So, right, and you're just not, you're not in that window. You have to be realistic about Jensen's it. You have a 31 and Bozeman and Kappa will both be 27. So it's four mm-hmm. years younger, right? Right. For these offensive linemen. Right. It's just, it's the way I would do business. And I would try to bring Kappa back at yeah. a more reasonable rate. If he obviously prices himself out, I mean, you got to be careful, but. 
I don't think that's as likely to happen with Kappa as it is with somebody like Jensen. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, that's going to be either way. It's got, I mean, like no matter what happens, obviously if both are back, it's less of an issue, but the right. bucks are going to be looking at interior offensive line in this upcoming draft. Yep. I was so impressed with Zion Johnson in mobile. I was so mm-hmm. impressed with him at the combine, his workout. Then I just finished his tape evaluation. How in the world are people not talking about him as a first try? He is a monster. Is he even he tossed people around. Right? What's that? <laughs> is he even going to be there at 27 as an option? You know, it's crazy. I even looked at, um, I forget what the name of the site is now, but it tracks mock drafts all year mm-hmm. round. So right. it tracks mock drafts from the from the end of last year's draft, and it tracks where players stock, basically. It's right. a really cool site. And uh, I think it's called Grinding the Mocks, I want to say it's called. Um, and his stock has just recently gotten into the first round, but yep. the bucks are about his ceiling right now. So like, that's about the earliest he's going is Tampa yep. Bay, a couple people slotting him into Pittsburgh at 20, but there are kind of, you know, just a few landing spots for guards. Usually now we have mm-hmm. to see what happens in free agency, obviously right. too, that could change some things for some teams, but for the bucks, that need is almost certainly going to be there. You know, no maybe doubt. it just depends to what degree it'll be there. Sure. So it, it, it'll and be I interesting to me. He's clear. I think he's going to be a top 10 player overall for me right. on my board. I would, but he's a guard. So he's not going to go in the top 10 per se. Right. right? So I don't put, slide. yeah, correct. I should preface. I do not put positional value on players on my board. I just put them in wherever right. the board says they are. Now you have to be careful taking a guard in the top 10 for sure. Right. I'm not saying she's going the top 10. I'm just saying I value him in a vacuum, like a top 10 player in the class. That's yeah. how good I think he is. And the testing was great. And the character seems great. And his teammates raved about him yeah. in, in, in Indianapolis. And he was terrific at the senior he's, bowl. They raved about great him. blend of, of technique and nasty, right? Yeah. Like oh, he, kind of, he reminded yes. me of Marpet a little bit, just uh, yeah. watching his film, right? He's Marpet's a great comp for him, which yeah. is one of the. It kind of gives me like if he were a bucket, just be incredible, Scott. I mean, right. he's very similar to Marpet, and the grip strength is phenomenal. It hardly ever gets walked back or bull rushed. Mm-hmm. He's probably even more stout than Marpet, maybe yeah. a little less athletic, but still tested well. I mean, he's an athlete still, no question right. that he can get in space and just how under control he is, and how rarely he falls off blocks. Mm-hmm. For a guy with his build and his mass, that is just his <laughs> technique, hands inside every time. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Thorne has had him as OG1 for a while, mm-hmm. and and a lot of other people have had Kenyon Green. And I like Kenyon Green. He's a good player, yeah. too, and he'll be probably a consideration yeah, he, with the Bucks. But Zion got the formal interview. Yeah. Green had not had that scheduled when we talked to him, at least at this point. Mm-hmm. Zion's clearly a player they've seen on tape and said that that's a guy that we want. I mean, why wouldn't they? He fits everything oh, yeah. Jason Light looks for at that position. Sure. And I think the thing is in free agency, like let's use some hypotheticals. Let's say they use a combination of you have a Bozeman and, and a Hainsey at center. Let's say they re-sign Kappa, let Jensen walk. I think they still re-sign Aaron Stinney, right, as as a fallback, mm-hmm. yes. cheap one-year kind of guy. They've got mm-hmm. some other guys, the Nick Leverett's, the uh, Sedaris Hutchinson's they can put in the mix. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at a guy sure. like Zion Johnson, if he's there at 27, he is a plug-and-play guy mm-hmm. that – He's he's just he I, I don't want to say he's he's the next Tristan Wirfs because there's only one Tristan Wirfs, but right but that's the expectation is you put him in as a day one starter, he probably mm-hmm. beats out Stinney and in your offensive line all of a sudden it's set this uh this mm-hmm. soft season where it was it's right. in flood right now. Right. And that's another reason why I just think again, these positions are just tend to be more replaceable than a, a wide receiver or a corner, like they just do. So yeah. you, you know, you you hate to lose pit players, but you when you lose them, lose them in positions that is a little bit easier to find replacements for, Correct. especially no matter where you are in the draft. Like, like yeah. you're not getting that many crack shots at a number one corner if you're not right. drafting that high. Like they just go really high. So no matter where yeah. you're drafting, you can usually get a guard. Like you usually yeah. have a shot at those types of players. So in centers right. too. So something to think about for sure. Yeah. So one of the things we learned in in Indy, John, is that uh, Bruce Arians had talked to Indomica Sue. He still wants to play another year. Also, Jason Pierre-Paul wants to play, but I don't think they're interested in bringing back Jason Pierre-Paul. I just don't. I've heard that officially, but I would be shocked if they did. They've got Joe Tron and Shoinka for a reason. I, you're, you're especially now you just, you have yeah. to see what jp i mean torn rotator cuff is yeah, yeah. that's ma- that's he major recovery that's six right months now. easy yeah. yeah right he he i mean yeah. if he's ready for week one and you know that's possible but you wouldn't sign it and no i don't know why anyone would sign him right now correct so uh the question from vortex here scott in your bucks battle plan you had us re-signing sue should we just let him walk and try to give starting opportunities to younger players considering our competitive situation 
Yes and no. I kind of cheated. I'm going to tell you why I cheated. I cheated because Sue is already on the books for six and a six point eight million worth of dead cap money. So uh, they're already they're already having to pay that money essentially in dead cap space. So Sue's going to occupy that money whether he's on the team or not. So I had him as a one year seven million dollar deal. I don't even know if Sue wants to come back to the Buccaneers or not. I I don't know if that's the situation where he wants to find a more competitive team for one more year and do that. He's he's kind of been, and I use this term in a very affectionate way, but he's kind of been a bit of a mercenary going from Detroit to Miami. No, every, everybody said that about him for years. That yeah, yeah. that's yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously a dude that's all about trying to make money. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about the team. He just yeah, correct. Right. Yeah, when when he's there, he's in right. But I mean, right. it's not like he's a Buccaneer if you. If you cut him open, he's not going to bleed red and pewter. He'll just <laughs> bleed red and green, green for the dough. Right. So I don't know if, if Sue wants to come back, but I brought him back at $7 million in my Bucks battle plan just because um, he would be a great rotational piece. And, and then I also said, screw it. There's only three defensive tackles that I think are worth the damn in this draft. Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, who I don't think is a great fit. And, and then Travis Jones, I, I don't really care for, nor do I see a Bucks fit outside of those guys. And because it's so top-heavy, I don't know that any of those guys are going to be around. Maybe J- Jones will be at 27, but you, be, yeah. but you can't bank on that heading into the draft and not addressing free agency. So I said, you know what? We're going to sign B.J. Hill, player you and I both like, John, mm-hmm. from the Bengals, and, and just be done with it. This is a younger player that is – he's uh, – uh, very good against the run. He had five and a half sacks in the regular season, had a sack and a half in the postseason. He brings a little bit more quickness and pass rush, 6'3", 303. He's a very versatile player. You plug him in next to Vita Vea, and you have Sue as a rotational player for one year, so you got a really good interior rotation right there between those three, and I think it's an upgrade, actually, over the, um, the situation last year with Steve McClendon. Yeah, I mean, I would. You still have Nacho too. Obviously, this is one of my favorite parts of the battle plan. I love BJ Hill in Tampa Bay. It was so telling to me, Scott, that you just do not see answers that are as transparent as Bruce's answer was in Indianapolis about like who just asked defensively, like, "What do you feel like you need going into the year?" And usually, that's a bad question. Like, just I don't even know who asked it. So, apologies. It was in a huge scrum. It wasn't the box media. Somebody asked it, and he was just like right away interior pass rush quickness like it was like whoa yeah. like like this yeah. dude has thought about it like i think he saw oh, what yeah. joe try and shrink did and he realized okay he's got to play outside this year right so we can't use him inside and now it's like right this is what we got to get like we don't have and in this give credit to arians because like this is so important i wrote about this right after the season ended didn't i scott like i said yep. bucks have to find a way to get better four man pass rush they have right. their two outside guys for next season so they're just got to those guys got to be good jack's yeah. got to keep balling and JTS got to get better. Anthony Nelson got to keep, you know, that is what it is. Maybe they take an edge, but I don't think they will early in this draft. I think they'll rely a lot on those three guys and another vet that they might bring in. We'll see, or a later round guy, whatever. Cam Gill yeah. too. You know, those guys right. got to basically all be good players this year, but they need different pieces on the inside. They need another piece to Correct. be a pass rush impact guy on the inside. So give credit to Arians. He identified it right away. We, for us right now, it's quickness. We've got strength. Right. We've got plenty of strength. We need some quickness in the interior pass rush. We've got a good outside pass rush. So for us, it's watching these guys and seeing whose interior pass rush fits us, but also who is still stout enough to stop the run. Okay. Mm -hmm. See you DeMarvin Leal, probably. Uh, We don't need another Vita. That was a telling, like he's thought about the body type. We don't need another Vita. Yep. There's not another one out there anyway. And if we get our guys back, Sue, Golston, McClendon, I'm fine too. You know, he's saying, I'll, I'll roll with that if we get everybody right. back and we want to come back, and that's how the, the front office works it out. Yeah. We'll roll with those guys, the but we need is, something quicker in there. So there's he's nobody quicker. <laughs> there's nobody yeah. quicker in I free mean, agency <laughs> or in this year's draft. There just isn't. Right. There's, there's, there's that guy's not yeah. there. And I think this Devontae is, yeah, Wyatt this is where, right. might be, Wyatt but would, he's not going to be there. Is he there at 27? It, you're right. This is where it gets tricky because, yeah, we yeah. found out the other day Jordan Davis is quick, but none of the other things apply to him. Like he right. didn't pass rush at all at Georgia. He was a zero as a pass right. rusher. And maybe he can grow into it, but that's a 340-pound dude that to me mm-hmm. feels a lot like he's going to be used like Vea. I just don't see it being the fit that he's yeah. talking about here. Same with Travis Jones, 325-pound dude who tested great. He was yeah. plenty athletic. I, they're just not three techniques. They're not going to be players who are 
you know, first up penetrators who are going to be you know, in the backfield yeah. as, as pass it's, rushers. It's another version of Indomitka Sue, right? It's, it's, right. A, it's a four to five sack kind so, of guy per year and a big space eating run stuffer, you know? So I, I mean, we got to be realistic, and I agree with you in the first round. It's unlikely that they find that guy if Wyatt isn't on the board. If he's on the board, it's the fastest pick. I mean, I think the Bucs make the pick yeah. in, a, in a snap. I really do. Yeah. But if you're if he's not, Logan Hall is a weird body type, but he's yeah. but he is kind of like Golson, and he did weigh in at 282. That was a big deal. Yeah, because he tested really well, 283, I think maybe actually, and he yeah. tested really well there, Scott. Here's the concern with me. He's got very short arms, sub 33 inch yes. arms, you know, yeah. as a tall guy yeah. who plays high. Cause I asked him straight up, mm -hmm. is your height a disadvantage for you playing inside? And he was like, I don't think it's a disadvantage, but which basically means it's a disadvantage. Yeah. I just don't want to tell teams. Yeah. I have Ask Will Golston about that. He says right, it's like, always a disadvantage every single snap. And exactly. I try really right. hard just to keep my pad level low, but, mm -hmm. but right. Yeah, and yeah. Golston is bigger and stronger than Logan Hall. So yeah, exactly. A sub package player, you know, yeah. Leal is another one that I, you know, again, he came in same weight and actually yeah. longer arms, even though still not long arms than Logan Hall, which is hilarious because Leal is like, what, six three? Was he six three? And he's like three inches, three and a half inches shorter than Logan yeah. Hall. It's just not arms. a good defensive line class. It really isn't, especially, you know, he, I mean, edge okay, but not, not a yeah. defensive tackle. You don't want to hear this, Scott. You don't want to hear this at all. But Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma, who you and I both, we did do some good things at the senior yep. bowl. And he and he is an explosive straight line player, mm -hmm. but there's where he didn't do the agilities of the combine, but he yeah. was impressive at the podium. I mean, he was the Bucks oh, type he won of dude the press at the podium. Conference. That's great. So. He did, I know. And he is a dog on the field. Like, we're not denying his effort level at yes. all on the field. Like, he gets after he goes crazy yeah. on the field. It's just very chaotic. He cannot bend or change directions at all. Like, he's one of the most linear players I've ever watched. Right. And I just have major concerns. You know, if it's later in the draft, maybe. But he didn't do the agilities of the combine, and I was yeah. really anxious to see what that mm -hmm. freak gun would look like because that dude is just completely straight up and down. But they're looking for quickness, Scott, and he is going to be one of the quicker dudes. And after, I mean, there's really not many options after that that I'm yeah. actually like pro ready. But he that, was like, that, I don't like to play You're with re players. Resigns to like, go ahead and get another defensive tackle, solve it in free agency. So mm -hmm. don't have to worry about well, there's two guys we like in the draft, and and it's it's such a crapshoot that. Even if you like a guy, he may not be there, right? I mean, it just you can't put all your eggs in that basket and say we're going to wait until the draft to address a position that is that is just absolutely weak on on quality and quantity, right? It's it's right. just it's it's a it's a fool's game. But you know what's not foolish? Um, having your money invested with our friends over at Immunity Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. John, we got to get to Colorado, man. Managing mm -hmm. your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage, and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. Listen, folks, the world is turbulent right now. A lot of things going on in the financial sector. Get the guys with 40 years of experience on your side. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead to navigate these turbulent times and to stay ahead. Call Immunity Financial at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Let's get to some of these super chats here, Scott, before we move on. Leo with a $5 super chat. Thank you, Leo. It seems to be a thing that wide receivers are getting franchised. Devontae Adams getting the tag is insulting. Likewise with Godwin and Robinson again. You know, uh, it is a thing. I mean, top wide receivers are going to get the tag. Yeah, top players are going to get the tag. So I don't, I don't know if it's wide receiver dependent. And overall, the market for wideouts is down. So if you think mm -hmm. you got a guy you really like, you keep him. Leo yeah. says, you guys seem confident Godwin is getting signed. Yes, we are yeah. confident Godwin is getting signed. I'm not sure. people. I hope people know that the franchise tag does not mean you can't sign a player long-term. They have until right. like July 15th, I believe, to sign him long-term. They are going to sign him long-term. It's just frustrating that they have to use the tag to get that done to keep them off the market so yeah. there's no competitive offers when it really just should be done or close to being done or they should feel confident 
Nevada mm-hmm. being done regardless is, is kind of been where Scott and I are coming from. But yes, yep. Godwin's not going anywhere. He is going to be a Buccaneer long-term. It just sucks right. that they might have to lose somebody else that's really yeah. important in order to make that happen. That's kind of exactly. where I think the misunderstanding is happening there. Yep. What do you, So BJ Hill, you have him going to the Bucs. Yep. And I believe that you're right, Scott. It, it's going to be difficult to find if they lose some people to find the type of impact Bruce Arians is talking about with right. pass rush if they go anywhere other than free agency. Hill even is just... He's a good player for sure. He's I don't good. Know that he's he's not a pro bowler. Right, right, exactly. Right. But he's going to command about $8.5 million is about what I projected for him. Three years, $8.5 million. So I've got B.J. Hill. I've got Bradley Bozeman. I've got tight end Mo Alley-Cox replacing um, Rob Gronkowski at $6 million. He's a big guy, six foot five, 267 pounds. And um, the Colts might want to keep him because Jack Doyle just retired. But I have no idea this, what he's going to cost. Yeah, you have him at six mil a year. Yeah, I get him six mil. I, a year that's what PF has him at. I think something like that. But man, he's coming off a bad season. It's not like he's done a ton in his yeah. career. It, it's going to be interesting. He can block though. He's a huge, yeah. dude, big um, guy, and very and much a, average thirteen he looks yards. Like he looks yeah, like fells, yeah. honestly. Correct, I mean, thirteen yards per per catch average, four touchdowns last year, mm-hmm. and then you know on the offensive side, a couple of the bigger names, uh, Cordero Patterson. Right. I, I wanted to snag him from Atlanta. I just like what he brings to the table from the ability to to be a, a running back by committee guy. Your lead back is the veteran, but also a guy that if you want to put him out there at wide receiver in the slot, you can just do so many things. He's almost like like a, an older David Johnson for Bruce Arians back at, when he had him in the Cardinals. And he can also solve the kick return duties. So you're getting this guy for six million dollars a year mm-hmm. to really kind of play three roles. And so I, I, I did like that, that option there. And then a player you and I both like for different reasons, John, uh, Byron Pringle, uh, as, yep. as a, a guy to come in to compete for the number three position. Now, uh, Byron Pringle is a K-Stater. This team does not have any K-Staters. Gosh darn it, it needs a K-Stater. So Byron Pringle, come back to Tampa. That's right, he's a Tampa native. So that's, that, that is a legit name to keep an eye on because – the Buccaneers might give him a little bit of a raise. Uh, I had him at $3 million per year. He made mm-hmm. $2 million last year in Kansas City over two years. So two years, $6 million. Those are the guys that I decided to go out and get. And then quickly looking at uh, some of the draft picks. Again, you can read my my bat- battle plan on PeterReport.com. Uh, who's up, who was on deck tomorrow, John? Jason? Uh, I Josh. believe Josh Q. Josh Q yeah. is on deck okay. for tomorrow. And um, Matt is going Wednesday. Okay, I don't know when JC's slotting in there. He might be Thursday. He was he was crying about having to do it. JC's on watching right now, so I'm gonna rip on him. <laughs> he's he's crying about having to do it yeah. on Tuesday. He didn't have. He said I don't get, turn this around in time, so I'm trying to okay. get. Him, I'm trying to work, right. trying to work with the guy, man. You know what it is with these these That's kids right. these days. You know, what? <laughs> no, I yep. think he'll go. He and Casey probably might both be Thursday, and then I'm yep. I'm going to Friday. I'm so I, okay. I gave myself tons of time. To work on it, yeah, just exactly. to be selfish. So yeah, yeah. Well, and see the thing is, I, I try to keep it as realistic as possible. The great thing is, is uh, <laughs> other members of the Pewter Report staff are probably going to be a little more outlandish and out there. Some crazy trades and some real, real mm-hmm. interesting things. So I kind of start off more conservative, and then it gets a little crazier during the week. John, you're you're uh, you're batting cleanup, and so it's going to be fun to see how you end this series. But um, so aside from Byron Pringle competing for that third wide receiver job, I've got this guy right here who really blew up at the combine. The Bucks uh, had an interview with him. I'm talking about Christian Watson yeah. from North Dakota State, a player that that really uh, kind of blew up at at the at the Senior Bowl. Was noticed by Casey Hudson uh, on the first day. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, you know, all the receivers. Uh, this guy is the one who really stands out. And I went back and watched the tape on on him and and. Um, it's weird because he plays in that North Dakota State offense, which they run the ball so much. They average over 200 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Watson doesn't even have a 1,000-yard season. Matter of fact, he had, he had an 800-yard season last year. But he also returned kicks for touchdowns. He does a ton of jet sweeps and end arounds as part of that running game. But he averaged 20 yards per catch over his entire career. So he is a big guy at 6'4", 208. Ran a four three six at the at the combine. You see the speed on tape. Jump so thirty eight and a half, right? I mean, yeah, all he's around freakish athleticism. 
Yeah. yeah. He's so he's one of the best athletes at wide receiver, I believe, ever in, in relative athletic score testing yes. by Ken Lee Platt. Um, so yeah, yes. it's you, yep. it's the Bucks type, right? The character's there when everybody he talks to, he blocks. blocks and plays inside outside, and he's got size, speed, and leaping ability. Those are all yep. three huge physical athletic traits the Bucks look yep. for. And I tell and you what, folks, they don't care about the small school thing. They don't care about that at all. No, not at all. He can play. And, and the thing is, just in case you don't know about NDSU, North Dakota State University is like the Alabama of the FCS. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're the dominant program year in and year out. They win the national titles just about every year. So this is this is like the Jamison Williams of the of the uh, of the FCS level. So I, I've got him, and don't be surprised if he is a legitimate pick for the Buccaneers, a legitimate option at number 27. I think that his stock is going to get there. I have the Buccaneers trading down out of the first round with Jacksonville to get the first pick in the second round and pick up some more picks because I like those picks. So real I mean, quickly. Trading is, down is always a blast. Let is, me ask you about Tyler, Tyler Algier. Am I saying his last yeah. name right? Yeah, Algier. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have them taking Tyler Algier in the second round. I, I, yeah. I don't mind the Tyler It's, it's a late second round pick. Yeah. Right. What made you think that was going to – do you really think he's going to go that high? Is that kind of where – like I, I have not seen him that high. I thought he was going to be like a late – round three or early day three type of player more. I, I kind of would like him there to be perfectly candid with you, but um, I, I just, there are some players I liked in the third and fourth round that I'm pretty sure they're going to go there. And we know Jason light uh, a la Keyshawn Vaughn will take a running back ahead of mm-hmm. <laughs> schedule. So I, I, I like this guy a lot. I think that he is, he reminds me a lot of Kareem hunt, not a, a burner, not a blazer, but from a measurable standpoint, he is a tackle breaker. He broke the second most tackles in college football last year, had over 1,200 yards after contact. He is James Conner 2.0. He's just a very physical back, catches the ball well, looks for looks work. Like looks exactly like Conner. Yeah, yeah, he, he really is. He, If you were to take James Conner, Kareem Hunt, put him in a blender, I think this guy would be a great complement to what you're getting in Cordero Patterson. And then you got Keyshawn Vaughn in the mix as well. The third round. Uh, D'Angelo Malone, this is this is a very athletic pass rusher, uh, undersized, kind of like Cam Gill size. He's up to 243. I'd love to see him at 250. Situational pass rusher um, that I, I think that could get in the mix and help the Buccaneers. They go back to North Dakota State for uh, Cordell Volson, who did not test well athletically, but you know what? Neither did Alex Kappa. But this is a, a player that fits that Jason Light mold played right tackle almost exclusively for North Dakota State. They'll move him inside to play guard. So uh, in my situation, I don't, I don't have them necessarily uh, getting Zion Johnson around one. So there is a hole at, at guard to compete with Aaron Stinney. This is a guy that may be a, a player that can step in right away and compete, or maybe he takes a year like Kappa did to really develop uh, in Robert Hainsey. But I, I like what this guy brings from a nasty run game standpoint. Yeah, in, uh, in, he didn't test a lot, I don't think at all. He had some struggles there, but overall, yeah. I know there's a lot of people who like his mentality for sure. Kind of yeah. reminds me of uh, John Runyon from Michigan a few years ago, yeah. where like he was, a, I think he was a seventh round pick, and there wasn't yeah. really anything crazy about his profile throughout combine. But you put on the right. tape, and he just found ways to win, and yeah, that might be what Volson. It's interesting like. because the the relative athletic score for him as a tackle is not good, but if you if you switch it to guard, it's actually pretty acceptable. It's actually kind of on par with Alex Kappa. So that's kind of what my comparison is there. And he's a big guy, 6'6", 319 pounds, nasty. You can see him there, number 67, just face-to-face, just getting on the second level and moving bodies. And he, he showed really well at a right guard and left guard positions in the East-West Shrine Bowl game. So it's good to kind of get a sneak peek of of, of where that guy's going to play, almost like mm-hmm. what they did with Hainsey last year, seeing him play center in the yeah. Senior Bowl and then drafting him, moving it from right guard to there. This is my sleeper guy right here. I love – Yeah, I knew he was going to be in there. Yep. Uh, listen, I'm not sold on on Kyle Trask, and, and just, just so we're clear, uh, yes, I, I'm saving the best for last. Yes, I'm going to re-sign Blaine Gabbert. The Blaine <laughs> train is is getting ready to roll. All aboard. All what aboard. if Trask beats him out, though, Scott, to start week one? What if he – Kyle Trask beats him out? Is that yeah, what you said? What, what would you – Yeah. Obviously, Fine. it'd be good for the Bucks if that happened. But like, what would that do to the Blaine trade? Uh, it would derail it for yeah. sure. It would, yeah. okay. As long as we're on the same track. page as that. 
you know we can't um, stand a guy who loses to Galtrask in his first real chance to win a job. The, listen, it's either it's either the <laughs> the Blaine train or or we're gonna you know uh, we're gonna get on on the the Trask train. So it's one of those two is leaving the station. Okay, so we're right. doing that. But I'm throwing this guy in the mix. Big guy, six six, six seven, two hundred and forty nine pounds. He played at two hundred and sixty uh, earlier in his career. He just reminds me of that Bruce Arians pocket passer, strong arm, worked the seam a ton. Um, when Bruce Arians said, "There's there's one pocket passer we like," I wouldn't be surprised if it was this guy. I think some people might have been thinking of Kelly Pickett or Kenny Pickett. Oh, I mean, here we go. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be surprised if it's this gunslinger here threw over 5,000 yards at the most accurate. By the way, completion I percentage talk, in the draft. I talked to him at the at the combine. I knew if you're interested. Yeah, what a character. He's man. a character, he, isn't he? First thing that was said, the guy asked him a question was like, "Play 265 pound quarterback." He was like doing a bit for the video. He's like, "I'm here with Cole Kelly, Southeastern Louisiana mm-hmm. quarterback Cole Kelly, 265 pounds." And Kelly was like, "Ah, uh, 240 pounds, excuse you." Yeah. And the guy was like, "Uh, sorry." And he was like, "Yeah, you better get that right." And it was like, right, kind of a weird like, but it was like an awkward sense. Of, he's got one of those awkward sense of humor guys, and yeah. Then I got to ask a bunch of questions, and he's he's got he's just a funny. He looked like he just rolled out of bed type of dude, yeah. but he was sharp. Like he talked about his mental game and how. Mm-hmm. That's really what what teams are most impressed with him by. And he said though he was up to I think he's what did he say was he up to two seventy at one point I think two sixty nine I think two sixty nine I think he said something like that at the right. end. I mean he was just massive I guess yeah. and he, he's trimmed down for yes. the combine and stuff but man he's a huge yeah. quarterback he he had thirty eight rushing touchdowns he was like a goal line like bulldozer uh, mm-hmm. down there by the goal line. But I, I really like him. We'll see what happens. Uh, to round up the, the, the draft again, mostly offensive guys because we're rebuilding the Orgy. offense. In the, yeah, I Max like Orgy. I do pick. too. This, this guy caught 83 passes as a freshman. 83, yeah. okay. And uh, if you if you look at him, you say he looks like like Christian McCaffrey. He kind of does. That's kind of the nickname. He was, he was uh, you know, McCaffrey Jr., McCaffrey 2.0, not quite as dynamic as Christian McCaffrey, uh, but we'll see how he tests. I have missed a seventh-round pick along with uh, Dejon Dixon from uh, Nickel State as a wide receiver who mm. was was a standout at, at the uh, um, NFLPA game. So that's how the draft ends for those guys uh, on, on the offensive side, getting some players that can help out in special teams, obviously. Uh, so that that's the Bucks battle plan. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna have these Bucks battle plans all week long. They're fun to do, and um, I'm gonna enjoy reading the comments and, and hearing people rip me for um, for resigning Blaine Gabbert. But we told you it was coming. So yeah, I kind of like that draft. Honestly, I think it might be a little high for Algier, but you, I'll tell you what, he's one of the PFF has him as one of the best pass protecting backs. In yeah. the draft, so you know he's going to be on the Bucks radar, especially with his size. Absolutely, yeah. think he the fit makes a ton of sense for sure. So it'll be interesting to see this whole class. I mean, there there are it honestly, Scott, it might be perfect the way that it aligns with the Bucks' needs. We'll see how things fall. But yeah. Like running back and tight end are things they obviously need to rehaul both of those rooms. Right. It seems like there's a lot of depth, not a lot of mm-hmm. high end talent, but a lot of depth, so they can replenish right. with some options that'll keep them afloat at those positions, which are not critical positions. Mm-hmm. Focus on keeping your stars. Use that first round pick to add yep. a potential starter at guard or wide out, or hopefully not, but corner <laughs> if yep. you need one. Mm-hmm. A defensive tackle if one's available. And then you've yep. got to use the depth of the draft um, for some other spots. But no Richie, we're not going to answer this question right now. No Damian Because Pierce. there are Florida Gator no. fans in the chat that cannot no. handle hearing Scott's Damian Pierce nope. hatred. Blind, I mean, just hatred. Right. For this man, who is one of the most likable players in the draft. If you'd have been at the Combine, Scott, you'd have been so it would have been so heartwarming for you to hear this guy talk. And he's just a team player. He's he's the running back nacho. He really is. So okay. Well, that's great. And he can lift weights. That's awesome. But he can't run the rock. Sorry. He's not not that good. (laughs) Oh, this hater. Unbelievable hate. Scott says Charlie Charlie says Scott has a good eye for running backs. uh, so he's on board. I do, but they never pick the guys that I like. Yeah, like, that's true. The like Kareem Hunt, uh, Javante Williams. I mean, yeah. it's like I'm I'm yeah. I'm serving him up, Jason. Draft him. Instead, yep. you get Jeremy McNichols and Charles Sims and uh Keyshawn Vaughn. It's the come on. Like I'm helping you 
help me help you. Help me <laughs> he help showed, you. Remember, we wanted Antonio Gibson. He was off the board just before the third oh, round. Gosh. Crushing. Yeah. Hey, Emily was asking, what's the name of the quarterback? Uh, Cole, Cole Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Southeast Kelly. Louisiana. He started off at Arkansas, transferred. He is a Louisiana kid through and through. Yeah. Uh, big guy. Six seven two forty nine. Big. Guy. Yeah, I think he was two forty at the combine. So he is yeah, he is cutting. He's trying to cut, yep. but that's still a big dude. And he's yep. always his body type. Just I'm just guessing. He's probably always gonna. He's not like a, oh I carry it well type. You know he's no he's he's, he's a, like Ben Roethlisberger. He's, he's a backyard quarterback. <laughs> yep he's he's a, he's, he's big Ben. I'm just telling you. Yeah. yeah. Puts the dip in, <laughs> lets it rip type of quarterback. That's right. I think so. Yeah. Right. Hey, well, uh, listen, stuff. listen. When, when Blaine Gabbert is is re-signed by the Buccaneers, I will share with you a great story about Blaine Gabbert dipping. Okay. okay. All right. I, I was going to say that might be the happen? only thing Cole Kelly and Blaine Gabbert have in common because Cole Kelly is is Blaine Gabbert is a lot better looking than Cole Kelly. Let's put that's it a fact. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. There's no Let's doubt. See what that. happens, but all right, you, uh, great you're show. Pro- you're probably talking about the maybe the greatest looking quarterback in, in yeah, of course, in not just Tampa, but maybe. Well, well, maybe let's not go never. too far. It's not that's yeah. good. Let's not go too far. Yeah. Cam Newton exists, but all right, this was a great show. Great, uh, great yeah. thoughts about the Bucks off season and great uh, look at Scott's uh, off season Bucks battle plan as well. We'll have these battle plans rolling out all week. Tomorrow we'll be on the show. We'll talk more about this. Um, Josh Q will be coming on talk about his battle plan, making his Peter Report podcast right. debut as well. So make sure you tune in. Yes, for the cap expert. And you can ask him cap related questions too. And he can, we'll talk to Godwin and Davis. And we'll obviously talk about whatever happens with the franchise tag tomorrow because that deadline is 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be going live at 3 30, though, tomorrow, 3 30 to 4 30. So when that deadline drops, if the Bucs hadn't made a decision by then, we'll be live on the air to react to whatever happens with the franchise tag and the Bucs tomorrow because we'll be live at that 4 p.m. Eastern deadline. So 3 30 to 4 30 tomorrow on the pod will be the times make sure you tune in and join us for that and then obviously we'll be back as well uh we'll be back on uh, wednesday thursday we'll keep it rolling all week talking bucks battle plans and talking about whatever is going on uh with the bucks off season it's going to be it's going to be a fun week and it's going to be a fun week next week as free agency is off and underway it's going to be great so everybody before you jump out hit like make sure you like the show share the link subscribe to pewter report to the pewter report podcast and uh, spread the word. Let the friends and family know that this is where it's at. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to another great edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.